the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us admit to God the sin which always confronts us. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Dear friends, God, who was rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. May Almighty God strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ might live in your hearts through faith. Amen. Thanks, kid. 
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. loves the little children, all the little children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Everything is beautiful in its own Everybody's beautiful in their own way. Under God's heaven, the world's gonna find a way. There is none so blind as he who will not see. Everything is beautiful in its own way, like a starry summer night or a snow-covered winter's day. Everybody's
Let us pray. O God, through suffering and rejection, you bring forth our salvation, and by the glory of the cross, you transform our lives. Grant that for the sake of the gospel, we may turn from the lure of evil, take up our cross, and follow your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The first lesson is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 11, verses 18 to 20. It was the Lord who made it known to me, and I knew. Then you showed me their evil deeds. But I was like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter, and I did not know it was against me that they devised schemes, saying, let us destroy the tree with its fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living, so that his name will no longer be remembered. But you, O Lord of hosts, who judge righteously, who try the heart and the mind, let me see your retribution upon them, for to you I have committed my cause. Word of God, word of life, thanks be to God. The psalm is Psalm 54. Save me, O God, by your name. In your might, defend my cause. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the word of my mouth. For strangers have risen up against me, and the ruthless have sought my life, those who have no regard for God. Behold, God is my helper. It is the Lord who sustains my life. Render evil to those who spy on me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. I will offer you a free will sacrifice, and praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For you have rescued me from every trouble, and my eye looks down on my enemies. Second reading is from the book of James, chapter 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something and you do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasure. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. 
Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him, and three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when Jesus was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But the disciples were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. Jesus sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. There's a way of reading scripture called Ignatian contemplation. Has anyone ever done Ignatian contemplation before? You're not going to do it today, so maybe next week we can do it. But it's basically a practice where you imagine yourself embedded in the gospel story. So you read it very slowly, and you meditate on how you would feel, how you would act, and what you would say if you were in the story. And when most people do Ignatian contemplation, you imagine the things you would say to Jesus, and it's often very profound things. These are my concerns, these are my hopes, these are my fears. When we do that kind of contemplation, we are serious, respectful, and reverent. Now, Ignatian contemplation is fine and good. It's also a little bit funny, because when you read these gospel stories, People really don't act like that around Jesus at all. And today's reading is a good example. The disciples are walking with Jesus to Capernaum, and instead of talking to Jesus about what the parables mean or what the transfiguration is about or any of those Ignatian contemplation things, they're having a private conversation among themselves, and they can't stop talking. But when they get to Capernaum and Jesus nonchalantly asks them what they were so busy talking about, suddenly they have nothing to say at all. The word for silence here that Mark uses, siapau, is a kind of embarrassed silence. 
It's not a silence of contentment or peace, but a silence meant to hide something. And thankfully, Mark, our omniscient narrator in the story, fills us in. On the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And it's easy to understand why. In the world of the New Testament, there were hierarchies that informed every relationship you had with another person. Rankings of power, status, and influence. Men here, women there, citizens here, non-citizens there, rich here, poor there, adults here, children there. And those hierarchies were present, not in some just meta-cultural level, but in basically every relationship. So even in this group of people who are, from our perspective, basically 12 people who are the exact same, people start looking for a way to sort themselves out. And it isn't quite so different for us. Philosopher Agnes Collard calls it the importance game. The subtle little ways that we communicate our importance to other people, to get a sense of what the hierarchy is and how we should relate to each other. Who's the, who's the person in a position of power here? Who can make decisions? Who is the greatest? And our striving for greatness, or let's be modest, importance, has two defining features to it. The first one is that we try to justify our importance through our accomplishments. We make a claim on our place in the hierarchy and then marshal up a whole bunch of resources to bolster our argument for why we belong there. It could be skills, it could be financial resources, prestigious degrees. We claim a position and then justify why we belong there. And if that language of justification sounds familiar, there's a reason for that. And second, our striving for greatness is competitive. It's zero sum. And for us to be great or important, someone else has to get taken down a peg. For us to win, somebody else has to lose. After all, there can only be one college on top of the US news rankings. There can only be one nicest home in the neighborhood, only one valedictorian of your class. And if it's not you, it's gonna be somebody else. So play to win, and if you can't win, well, play to make other people lose. And all that self-justifying and competition works well enough in the short run, but over time it starts to wear you down. It makes you obsessed with credentials and paranoid about the success of others. There always has to be more evidence to present or more people to be wary of. No wonder our striving for importance makes us feel so anxious. And we probably like to think that we can leave those beliefs behind when we enter a community of faith, but everyday habits die hard. We often seek to justify ourselves, to give our experience and concerns authority by citing how long we've been around here or how much money we give. Like the disciples, we often talk about important members of our community, but if someone ever asked us what exactly makes them important, we'd probably have an embarrassed silence like the disciples. And equally dispiriting is the assumption that we are in competition with other members of the body of Christ. There are a few things more disheartening than hearing people speak of our partners as if we're in some zero-sum competition with one another. 
as if the worst thing that would happen in the world is if someone was transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ at Wyckoff Reformed. Marx Jesus tells us that when we bring those self-justifying and competitive dynamics into our community of faith, they become not merely corrosive over the long term, but immediately self-defeating. Because there's an opportunity cost to all that striving. All this time the disciples spend arguing with each other about this meaningless hierarchy is time they could have spent talking, being shaped and transformed by Jesus. In today's reading and in life in general, it's when people start arguing about their greatness that they stop paying attention to what's actually important. And Jesus, thankfully, gives us a better way to live. Jesus says, whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Jesus doesn't buy into the idea that we have to prove our worth with acts of power and status. And Jesus doesn't believe that we succeed when other people fail. No, Jesus sees everything through the cross and invites us to do the same. It's precisely by taking his place among the last and the least that Christ shows us what it means to be powerful. Instead of marshalling credentials and justifying his ministry, Jesus offers himself freely. And instead of trying to displace others, take them down to achieve success, Christ comes alongside us. Jesus sees everything through the cross and invites us to do the same. What dies on the cross is not simply Jesus, but our own striving for importance, our own machinations for power. And what is raised up is not simply Christ, but our own lives of service and witness. God gives us power from the bottom up. Greatness through service, success through failure, and life through death. That cross-centered way of life is a gift. It doesn't depend on our own efforts, our own achievements, our own grasping. It's given to us by God. That's what it means to be justified by grace. It just means you don't need to spend your life collecting accomplishments to make yourself worthy of love and respect. You don't need to justify your existence in the world. And that cross-centered way of life is open. It's non-competitive. You don't need to move anybody out of the way to get closer to God. In fact, Jesus says just the opposite. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And on the cross, Christ welcomes all. And what does that cross-centered way of life look like? It looks like our gathering together at table. What do you need to justify your place here? Nothing. No degree, no money, no class, no ID, no status. You're here not because you belong here or you should be here, but because God has invited you here. And who do you need to get out of the way to get here? No one. It's not a zero-sum meal where someone's gain means that you get less. In the body of Christ, the flourishing of others nourishes our own experience. That's the life Christ gives all of us and empowers us to create in the world. Life on earth as it is in heaven, 
life in the world as it is at table, and life through the cross from the bottom up. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't believe we've done this hymn during my time here at Advent, so I believe it's going to be new uh, to you. Uh, this is based on a Swedish folk tune, uh, and like most, uh, pretty much all folk tunes, it's, it's made for the people to sing, so it's, it's pretty singable. Um, I'm going to sing each phrase for you once. There's four phrases or ideas, and then, um, then when, you, when you feel comfortable joining in with the tune, uh, you can join in, but I'll s go through each phrase once before we start. Children of the Heavenly Father And then we stay on that same note Safely in His bosom gather Nestling bird nor star in heaven Such a refuge there was given I won't try to make you in I won't try to sing it in Swedish or make you sing it in Swedish. But let's try this together. So Children of the Heavenly Father, safely in his bosom gather, nestling bird nor star in heaven. Such a refuge there was given. God his own doth tend and nourish. In his holy courts they flourish. From all evil things he spares them. In his mighty arms he bears them. Neither life nor death forever from the Lord his children sever and to them his grace he showeth and their sorrows all he knoweth though he giveth or he taketh God his children ne'er forsaketh is the loving Purpose to preserve them pure and holy. Let's join the church around the world confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let us come before our triune God in prayer. God of community, we pray for the church around the world, 
Unite us in our love for you. Help us overcome divisions that we are encouraged to work together for your sake. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of creation, we pray for this hurting earth. Awaken in us a desire to care for this world and empower us to support those who work to heal our environment. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of cooperation, we pray for the nations of the world embroiled in conflict. Inspire leaders to listen to each other and work toward peaceful solutions to disagreements. We pray especially this week for the people of Argentina, Paraguay, and Uruguay. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of comfort, we pray for all who live with mental or physical illness. Help them find and access appropriate care. Bring healing and wholeness when the path forward seems bleak. And if you have any other petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Take care of your church and put in it a sincere love for those who suffer a clear vision of your will, healing pastoral words for the needy, and a valiant prophetic proclamation against those who create violence and pain. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We offer these prayers in the name of the one who is servant of all, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always and also with you. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call? Is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me? It's amazing. It's amazing. 
Let us pray. God of all goodness and grace, receive the gifts we offer and grant that our whole life may be given to your glory and praise. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, open to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy God, beginning and end, source and goal, you are perfect communion, perfect love, perfect life. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, the mother of us all. In the beginning, your spirit moved over the waters, calling forth life in which you took delight. When humanity was first overcome by shame, you sought them out and found them. When your people were enslaved in Egypt, you heard their cries and led them into freedom. When the Israelites were captive to greed and indifference, you sent prophets to remind them of your abundance. And in the fullness of time, you sent your servant Christ, our brother, to redeem us from death and give to us your life. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As people came from east and west to greet your son, we come from the ends of the earth to meet you here at table this morning. By this bread and wine, may your word take flesh in us. Join us with all your people here at table, with matriarchs and patriarchs, prophets and psalmists, tax collectors and holy innocents. May your reign of peace and justice come to fruition through us. And may all praise and honor be given unto you, the Holy One of Israel, 
carpenter, son of Nazareth, Holy Spirit of every nation and tongue, now and forever. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The body of Christ given for you, and the blood of Christ shed for you. pray. Lord God, source of truth and love, keep us faithful to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, united in prayer and the breaking of the bread, and one in joy and simplicity of heart. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
We open things up for any announcements, joys, and concerns. Did anyone have anything they wanted to share with the congregation? I have a few things I want to let you know. One is this Thursday, the HVAC mechanic we use will be here uh, putting in all of our sort of uh, COVID equipment that we're using. So that means a commercial grade air filter on the blower in the basement that does the sanctuary. All right, the spirit is moving. Uh, there'll be a freestanding filter in the fellowship hall. There'll be one in the library, and we're going to fix the air damper in the basement system. So that should be done on Thursday. Yesterday was Wyckoff Day. We had a great day. We gave away, like, probably 50 tote bags or so. We gave away some kids' Bibles, talked to a lot of people. So thank you to Arlene was there, Jody was there. Anderson was there, Lily was there, and Bill Joseph was there too. So thank you to all of them for that. Uh, you should have gotten the endowment news last week about our last round of grants. There was a grant made to St. Stephen's uh, Grace in Newark. And I got this note from uh, Pastor Wyrick that I wanted to share with you. He writes, Dear Pastor Joseph and the people of Advent Lutheran Church, what wonderful news, three exclamation points. Thank you. Thank you is in all caps. It is always amazing to see how God shows up through the work of our hands. I am bursting with joy to see amazing miracles happening every day in the ministry that I serve here in Newark. And we can only do it with the support and prayers from partners like you. Last Saturday, we had water and food distribution and Ida cleanup. 
And yesterday we gave out a huge food truck full of fresh food. This coming Saturday, we'll have another vaccination clinic with more than 250 people being vaccinated per session. So that's from Pastor Wyrick. I wanted to pass that on to you. I'm hoping this fall we can get some people down there to sort of see what they're doing in person. And the last announcement I have, I saved the best for last. Happy birthday to Jane Nesky. It's today, so happy birthday, Jane. If, if you bring treats on your birthday, you have to bring them for the whole church. That's the rule, okay? Uh, so that is all I have. I invite you to receive the blessing. We go into the world to walk in God's light, to rejoice in God's love, and to reflect God's glory. And may Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace and serve all. Thanks be to God. Uh, and we'll end today by, uh, with a fugue uh, in G major by uh, Bach.